Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley, and this is the 525th show of ROI. Our current guest for today's show is Ms. Rita Hart, former state senator and current head of the Iowa Democratic Party who is going to talk to us about the future of the Iowa Democrats and their party. Joining us for the second segment of our show will be Ed Broders and Jay Swords. To begin with, we'd like to welcome Rita to the show. How are you doing, Rita? I am fine. We greatly... I'm sorry, go ahead. Just happy to be here. We appreciate that you've given us a minute or two more to talk about the upcoming topic. As you know, we have a lot of weaving jokes in this show. Um, The first segment of our show is History is Local, and we'd like you to give our listeners a little background on today's subject. So can you start us off with some of the basic information on the state of the Democratic Party in Iowa at the moment, and uh, what does the future look like? Yeah, so we are obviously in a uh, tough, tough place uh, for um, Democrats right now after November's election, which um, um, did not go well for um, Iowa Democrats. Um, We um, were particularly um, unfortunate to have um, lost some important elections at the congressional level and also lost some of our statewide elections. And so... Um, I do think that we're in a in a place where Democrats are saying, "What are we going to have to do to make things to turn things around?" and and at the same time, we are in a situation where there are a lot of things that are happening um, as a result of the Republicans having a trifecta in the uh, legislature, where truly unpopular um, legislation is being passed. And that um, was not talked about during the election process, and so it's uh, you know it's it's frustrating um, that um, that we had such a tough election process where these issues that are now um, actually becoming law were never really discussed as part of the campaigns until we've seen things like um, the fact that uh, we've we um, that they that the Republicans passed legislation that is pouring um, millions of taxpayer dollars into private schools. Um, Not a popular initiative, but nevertheless is now law, um, where obviously um, today, I think the Supreme Court, I haven't heard what the result is, but um, there's some extreme legislation having to do with women's reproductive rights that um, is not popular in the state of Iowa the various legislation that is going through that is resulting in, in the banning of books in our schools and, um, and the fact that the legislature has really, the Republicans have kind of really got an obsession with LGBTQ issues. And so I think there's been like 29 pieces of legislation um, talked about there at the Capitol. Again, nothing that was talked about in the, course of the campaigns. And so so Democrats know that there are real consequences to elections and they are eager to um, make sure that we are um, doing the things it takes to educate 
um, the voters in Iowa as to um, what their their um, the people that are running for office really intend to do once they get in there. And so we're we're down, but we're not out. Um, I can tell you that we're uh, taking a a new look at um, various things that we think are going to make a difference. Um, I was recently elected as the chair of the Democratic Party, and and so I've only had a couple months to be working on this, but uh, people are very positive, and I told them from the beginning if I was going to step up as chair, um, there was going to be some changes made, and that um, we're, we're going to have to do this as a team effort. And so we've been working hard on creating that team approach around uh, recruitment of candidates, around fundraising, around um, getting um, get our, our organizing efforts uh, um, in place, um, working on communications. Um, we need to strengthen our county parties. We need to improve our databases. Um, th- there's just an awful lot of work that's been going on the last couple months, um, only because I think Democrats are bound and determined to get some better results in the next election process. Um, how much do you sit there and say, that the Iowa Republicans, I mean, we had the argument all during the campaigning season that this is obviously um, Governor Reynolds is the um, the queen of the party. Although, as you pointed out, some of the issues that surfaced, not a lot of Iowans really focused on. They turned out to be more national issues, uh, especially the book banning. Uh, what is the Democrats uh, counter to these um arguments and passing of laws. Uh, Is this Kim Reynolds calling the shot or is this pretty much the whole party and it's streaming down from the mountains to the valley of local politics? Well, I do believe that the, the Republican legislators that are calling the shots um, in, in, uh, in the Iowa Capitol are, are more extreme than your, than your average Republican. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And um, and that's why things are a bit out of sync. Um, I also do think that um, that this governor is willing to go to lengths that um, that we've not seen before. Um, you know, when you have a sitting governor who actively campaigns um, in primaries against um, against their fellow Republicans, that's something new we have not seen before. And so um, there there definitely is a um, a more extreme. A group of people who are, who evidently are calling the shots and um, and and creating the kind of kinds of legislation that Iowans simply are not in favor of. Okay. We have a lot to talk about, so please stay tuned for the next segment of our show. This is ROI on KALA St. Ambrose University, one hundred six point one FM. In times of joy. In moments of grief, broadcasters come through, even when all else fails. Today, with more ways than ever to experience the moments that transform our lives, Americans still choose broadcast radio and television more than all other media combined. We are the local broadcasters of radio and television, reaching more people, touching more lives. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
Hello and welcome back to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley and this is the second segment of our show referred to as The Kitchen Table. Our noted guest for today is Rita Hart, former state senator and current head of the Iowa Democratic Party. And we're talking about the future of the Iowa Democratic Party. Our history buffs for today are Jay Swords and Ed Broders. Jay, why don't you start us off? Thanks, John. Rita, we've had um, several guests on the show over the last two years or so, maybe a little longer, um, who have been talking about what what they call the urban-rural divide. And, and how, you know, what they're essentially talking about is how there seems to be, uh, the rural community seems to be very uh, conservative, the urban community seems to be more democratic, um, and the two of them don't seem to be able to see eye to eye. They don't seem to have any anything in common. So I guess my first question is, given that Iowa is is still at least geographically a, a uh, rural state, uh, what uh, kinds of things can Democrats do to reach out to um, those rural voters who seem not to be very enchanted with uh, the ideas that, that you're putting out? The point is that we all have a lot more in common than we differ on. Um, but there's an unfortunate um, uh, situation that um, exists um, via the media, via social media, via um, the um, traditional um, um, TV stations. The you know the the way people get information is geared toward creating division among people, and I think that that just uh, is is not true. Um, that we all have a lot more a lot more in common, a lot more that we can agree on. Um, but, but because of the way we receive information, because of the way it is funneled to us, people tend to get their, get their fists up um, before the conversation ever starts. And, and that is not doing us well. You know, it's, it's not creating the kind of environment that truly gets us to good decision making. That when you have a problem that needs to be solved, if you're already at odds with each other before the discussion ever begins, it's pretty hard to get to a good solution. And so I like to talk about what we have in common, you know, that, um, that, that all Iowans uh, value good education. And we can, we can disagree about how we get there, um, but we all have a, a very strong value in making sure that we have strong school systems that educate our kids in a way that provides them with as much opportunity as possible. And that in that, in that strong um, educational pursuit that we strengthen our state itself. Those are things we can we can agree on. We we all um, have a, a value, I think, in recognizing that that we want people to have opportunity to succeed without undue government intrusion. And uh, and those are those are um, values I think that we can speak to each other on in spite of our disagreements. And so I think that's one reason why uh, people have been very encouraging and, and, and really um, um, encouraged me to step up as chair, because we do ha- Democrats do have a, um, a, a struggle here with um, being identified as 
not relating well to rural folks. And, uh, and I think that there are a lot of reasons why that labeling has occurred. But the reality is that the Democratic Party has always um, championed um, these values that all Iowans um, have first and foremost. And, and, they've, and the Democrats have always been the party of the working, working people of the state, the working class, the, the middle class of Iowa. And so that's where we have to um, put our focus and our energy. Um, And again, the reason why I think people have been encouraging me in this role is because this is where I live. I'm, you know, right now I'm sitting in my kitchen here in, in, uh, on the farm in Eastern Iowa. And, um, and um, I, my husband and I farm here, um, not too far from Davenport. And um, we've both been, um, on the farm our, nearly our entire lives. Um, we live in a small community, uh, a rural area, in a county that voted for um, Barack Obama twice, but then turned around and voted for Donald Trump twice. And so this is, this is what Iowa is made of. And, and even though we have um, uh, Republicans who live all around us and most of our family, most of our friends, are, our neighbors are, are, tend to be mostly Republican. Um, we get along with them. We find common ground, and that's what we need to be doing as a Democratic Party. Ed, yeah, Rita, the uh, relationship at present at present time between the Democratic National Committee and the Iowa Democratic Party seems, um, shall I say, uh, a bit fractured, and perhaps a little more than that. Um, how do you fix this? How do you talk to people that? apparently don't have much interest in what you've got to say. Well, again, it takes um, truly caring about people, right? Um, Recognizing why um, these uh, fractures exist, recognizing them, acknowledging them, um, but but truly um, caring about having a relationship, right? Of, Of getting to, of recognizing that um, if this state, if this country is going to survive, we've got to get along with each other. We've got to care enough to get past the anger, get past the indifference, get past whatever emotion is getting in the way, whatever um, uh, misinformation, whatever bias exists. We have to get past that and talk about the things that we truly have in common. And, and I, I do think that most people are really tired of the politicization that has gone on. Um, they don't like living in a place where you can't, uh, you have to be careful what you say um, and where, where you say it, that instead we should get to a place where, um, where we recognize that we're all in this together and that it's really important that we get these things um, addressed and, and addressed in a way that we can all live with. So um, it, it can be done. It, it should be done. And where there's a will, there's always a way. Okay, Rita, um, as you brought up, the governor in the state legislature has passed laws that, by most accounts, especially in our history, are what would be considered quite extreme. And as of yesterday, I must admit, um, I thought that they would be tapping into the um, making abortion more illegal sooner. They... I thought that would be the second thing that they would go after after the vouchers. 
And um, it seemed like for a little while that they were going to keep their hands off of it, seeing how it became an issue that cost people elections, um, Republicans seats throughout the nation. And now they seem to be inching towards it. For the upcoming 2024 campaign for the Iowa Democrats, are we going to make these issues that you've said, and I think we agree, uh, quite extreme in the aftermath of the laws passed? Are they going to be the primary arguments of why uh, Republicans should be elected out? Or um, is this game plan too early to develop because I admit it's, it's only April? Yeah, so a lot of things can change, and and they do, right? Every day it seems like the news cycle changes, and we and and something else drops. And so I I can't make predictions on what uh, the the major issues are going to be um, during for the next election cycle. But but again, Democrats are going to focus in on the issues that truly matter to Iowans, um, and and that. Um, that we know um, are based in our in our values here, right? And so, when it comes to people's um, people's rights, um, to the ability for people to live their lives um, without government intervention, um, these are the these are the kinds of issues um, that and, and giving people an opportunity to succeed without um, the barriers that um, that might exist if. Uh, if um, things don't go unchecked, those are the kinds of things that um, we're always going to champion. Um, and, and we'll see where we are as, um, as, this, as this election cycle gets closer. Jay. Rita, I'm interesting. I'm going to change things a little bit. Um, our, the governor in Iowa is certainly um, moving up the food chain uh, within the National Republican uh, Party. Uh, she's delivered um, rebuttals to the State of the Union. Um, she's, you know, so forth and so on. And although she, you know, it's a little early to be talking about it, I'm just interested. Uh, we also have an aging senator who may or may not be able to finish out the, his term, having been just reelected. How does, if let's say Reynolds decides to take a vice presidential nomination? Um, and 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 wins and is successful. Well, how is if uh, Senator Grassley decides to step down and the governor appoints someone uh, to fill out his term? How do those kinds of things happening on a national level affect the way uh, state politics works? Well, I think you've laid it out pretty well there, you know, you know um, as these scenarios uh, that may take place, it just underscores how important elections are, you know, that there are true consequences because, because yeah, people make political decisions and move out of one position and they, and, and the way those positions are filled then is sometimes extremely political and, um, and, and bad things happen, and and soon and and the people in power um, are in a situation where they're the ones who make the decisions on how things go moving forward. And so, so that's why it's so important that um, that we stay focused on empowering our uh, people and getting them to the polls and 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 getting the kinds of results in elections where we have good leadership that that therefore. Um, 
we can count on as these uh, these unforeseen um, situations um, come to pass so that, you know, that we have um, done the hard work it takes to um, put put uh, put good people in these positions that therefore will make uh, the kinds of decisions um, going forward that is that is truly good for the citizens of Iowa. Ed. Thanks, John. Um, Rita, there's any number of issues that poll really well uh, from a Democratic perspective uh, with the public, and I'm talking about things like gay marriage, which most people have gotten used to and accepted, uh, but abortion rights, guns, uh, the minimum wage, uh, you know, Iowa's environmental enforcement is non-existent. All these things poll well, but they don't seem to have any traction in finding their way to the ballot box. Is it time to start talking about something else, whatever those other things might be? Again, I think people um, want to know that um, that you that the people that they're electing have uh, the right priorities that um, really care about the issues that they care about. And I do think that that has not been um, that has not been apparent in these these um, campaigns that have focused, for example, on connecting um, Iowa uh, people, Iowa campaigns with the national um, narrative, which um, is very much different than what um, the Iowa um, folks want to talk about. And yet that's been very successful because of all the money that is poured into the state in the form of um, TV ads that that have a national messaging underneath it, and so people get distracted, and and um, and those um, again, I don't think that the campaigns that have been run in uh, the last couple cycles have truly been reflective of the consequences that have have resulted because of who ends up in the in the state house, and so so again um, as as we work these, as we try to strengthen the Democratic Party, those are the things that we have to keep in, in mind, that we, we need to strike a chord with Iowans on the issues that, that really matter to them and get them to see that there is a direct correlation between who they're voting for and what the eventual policies um, um, come from. So, so um, to say that Iowans don't care about about clean water, about um, soil conservation, about um, being able to use utilize their their lakes and and streams in the state of Iowa for recreational purposes, that is simply not true. And yet, um, that has not, um, as you said, um, has not resulted in um, in a um, obvious correlation to the people that that get elected. And so. That's our task is to um, make those correlations and to um, to find the candidates who are going to stick up for the things that matter to the to Iowans um, and make sure that um, we are running as as strong a campaign as we can and uh, connect those dots for the Iowa voters. Um, Rita, the hot button issue that's been one that people have never wanted to touch since I can remember is, of course, the issue of abortion. And in other states, it became the battle cry, which at the local and state level, it seemed to be that people were rightfully in their minds concerned 
that uh, like it has happened in states like Indiana or Oklahoma or Idaho, where they have come along and taken away all rights for um, women who are pregnant in their choice in the matter. Um, in Iowa, we never we talked about it, but was never the driving force as it was in Wisconsin and Michigan and other states. Now that um, we have till 2024, and I know I'm asking to kind of look a little bit into a crystal ball, but do you think that the issue of abortion on the national level will spill more into Iowa in 24? Because in 22, there were Democratic candidates that were hesitant to speak about it. I could see their point. In some of the districts they had, it was really hard to predict what how the people felt. Do you think nationally it's going to have a greater impact on our local state election in 24? I, I don't know if I can say that. Um, I think one of the reasons that, that we saw um, that happen in other states in, in 22 was because it actually was on the ballots in those states. And, and if it had been on the ballot here in Iowa, perhaps we would have um, seen a different, a different uh, result there. But um, it, you know, when it was on the ballot, it, it caused a lot of other um, groups to get involved and a lot of uh, money to pour in to, um, to create a stronger uh, push um, so how, but, um, you know, I think again, it, it depends upon, um, what the, what the consequences are between now and then, um, as people again, see the correlation there. Um, I, I don't know that I can predict that, but again, I would say that, um, that this is an important issue for the, um, the freedom and the autonomy, the, um, and the actual health results uh, for uh, so many people that it's going to have to be somewhat impactive. And, uh, and it's definitely going to be on the radar. Okay. It is customary that we give our guests the last word on the show. Rita, why do you think knowing about the f- uh, future of the Democratic Party and what it stands for is relevant in today's world or in 2024's world? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that that's why I um, said yes to this job is because I think it is so important that people truly are represented. And when when you see a disconnect between um, what 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 um, people value in the state and see that that disconnect with the kind of legislation, um, the kind of leadership that exists, um, then it's so important for us as Democrats to um, to work harder, to to become better organized, to do the things that we need to do um, to truly help this state to succeed and to um, to promote the policies that are that are going to help um, the uh, middle class um, of of Iowa. Um, that's going to help the people who um, whose rights are being taken away. Um, that that we are are the party that stands up for opportunity and and makes sure that um, that the values that is are so important to us as Iowans are reflected in the in the legislation and the policies that the people in power are um, are proposing. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. So please stay tuned. This is ROI on KALA St. Ambrose University. 106.1 FM.
you're listening to Relevant or Irrelevant. This series is produced at St. Ambrose University's KALA Radio and has been honored by the Midwest Broadcast Journalists Association and the Iowa Broadcast News Association for excellence in public affairs journalism. You can hear this edition of ROI and many previous programs in this series by visiting Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, plus Apple Podcasts. ROI airs Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. on KALA HD2 and can also be heard at 106.1 FM in the Metropolitan Quad City area. You can stream this show every Friday night at TuneIn.com. Search for KALA HD2. This concludes the 525th show of ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant. Our producer and engineer is Dave Baker. Our program manager is Rick Sweet. And the theme song for our show is titled Kayla's Theme, which was written and performed by Mark Zap Zaptel. My name is John Keeley, and we would like to thank our noted guest, Rita Hart, former state senator and current head of the Iowa Democratic Party, who talked with us about the future of the Iowa Democratic Party. The history bus for today's show are Jay Swords and Ed Broders. This is ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, on KALA. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of St. Ambrose University or KALA. We would like to wish all our listeners to experience the great Basutu proverb, Hotso Pulanala, peace, reign, and prosperity. And remember, historians are horrible fortune tellers. Good night.